Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. I'm really excited to continue the series that we've been on, on Ezekiel. We're talking about dry bones coming to life. And I'm telling you, I, I could just hear the praise of God going up and I'm really excited. So if you get your message outlined, as you remain standing, can you grab your Bibles? And we're gonna go, I'm gonna jump right into this, this message today. I got a lot of ground to cover today. And uh, I am excited to teach this message because we know that if there's ever a time that we need things to live, it's now. Yeah, we need God to bring us to life in this season. And we've been on this series, The Comeback. And what we're talking about in this series, The Comeback, is we're saying is God, in this last quarter, as we finish this year, we're saying, God, my walk with God isn't gonna be set back. We're gonna believe that our walk with God is gonna make a comeback. We're gonna go to greater places of strength, greater places of encouragement, greater places that God wants to speak to us. And so grab your Bibles. We're in Ezekiel chapter 37. Verse number one, we're going to go through verse number, uh, number four today. And um, again, if you're joining us for the first time, we've been on this series. We're looking at this particular message about how God brings dead things back to life. But let's read this. The Bible reads like this here in verse one. It says, the hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord. And he set me in the middle of a valley and it was full of bones. It says, he led me back and forth among them. And as I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, he said, the bones were very dry. How dry were the bones? Very dry. As we've been studying here, this was a moment where the, uh, the, the army of Israel had been defeated. And so they were fragmented and God was now about to put this army back together in a supernatural way. And we're correlating about how in this season, many things may seem fragmented, but God can bring things back together that seem very dry. And so he says then in verse three, he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? In other words, can they be resurrected? And he said, I said, sovereign Lord, only you know. Then in verse four, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones here the word of the Lord. What were these dry bones to listen to? The word of the Lord. And then we fell to shaking and then things came together. I want to draw your attention that the Bible says that he told the dry bones to hear the word of the Lord. I want you to listen to what I'm going to say. The devil is not afraid of your Bible app on your phone. Okay, he's not afraid of the Bible that's on your bookshelf. But things will begin to change when you get the word from the Bible app and from the bookshelf and you put the word in your mouth and we begin to speak, come on somebody, the things that God has for us. So I wanna to talk to you today, the title of my message, listen to me, it's, it's not really a title, it's a prayer request. This, this is a prayer request. And I want you to embrace this prayer request. And here's the title slash prayer request. It's Lord, rebuild me with your word. Lord, rebuild me with your word. Can you say that with me? Say, Lord, rebuild me with your word. Let's pray one more time. Father, I thank you this morning because we came for no other reason but to hear from you, Lord. God, I know people did not come to the church, they didn't log in online to hear the word of man. They came to hear the word of God. And Father, this morning, I'm asking you to move through every heart 
through every aisleway, through every person, through every marriage, through every man, through every woman, through every young person, God, through every child, every person watching online, at every place of life. I'm asking you, God, that you would begin to move, that as we speak your word, that whatever is dry, that whatever may seem fragmented, you begin to make these dry bones come to life. There is nobody too far from the grace of God. There is nobody too far from your power and your words. So speak to us, Holy Spirit, as we posture ourselves to receive from the word of God. We love you, we bless you, and we worship you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody shouts, amen. Come on, give God one more clap. We like to clap in God's house. You may be seated. And just do me a favor. Tell the person you came with, tell them, say, I'm going to build my life by God's word. Say this, I'm going to build my life by God's word. <laughs> I'm going to build my life by God's word. Come on, somebody. Hey, you know, if you're, uh, you're joining us for the first time, I forgot to introduce myself. My name is Josiah. I'm the lead pastor of Freedom House Church. And it's my honor to be able to teach God's word and to serve, in my opinion, the greatest church on planet Earth, Freedom House. Come on, somebody. That's right. Amen. Woo, woo, woo. Talking about you guys. But I want to talk to you today about building your life on God's word. Building your life on God's word. In fact, why don't you say that one more time? Say, I'm going to build my life on God's word. Say it again. Say, I'm going to build my life on God's word. Now, as you say that, I'm going to tell you up front, not everybody's going to celebrate that. Okay. So in church, it sounds good and we all said it, but the truth is when we actually begin to do it, not everybody's going to go like this. Awesome. <laughs> okay. The reality is when you make that type of decision, that conscious, I'm going to build my life on God's word, you're going to get a lot of response. Some people might say, well, there goes your fun. Now you're going to be one of those sour Christians. I don't have fun. I go to church. Come on, somebody. You must not go to Freedom House. You're invited. Come on now. Right? How many of we have fun at Freedom House? Come on, somebody. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, if you're not having fun serving God, you're doing it wrong. You are doing it wrong, all right? There's no way I'm gonna let someone have more fun with, with, or disobeying God than I'm gonna have fun obeying God. I'm having a great time. Anybody having a great time in God? Come on, somebody, I am. If you're not, just hang around with us. We'll have some good times, all right? But some people might say, well, there goes your fun. Others might say, when you decide to say, I'm gonna build my life on God's word, they might say, well, what a waste of a life. You know, well, what a waste. I mean, look at that. You had so much potential, but now you chose to be one of those Bible people you know, you had so much going for you, but now you chose to be one of those church folks. And right away, they will try to stigmatize you or stereotype you or put you in a category that if you are a person that is built by God's word, that right away, you have now limited yourself. Now, I already feel like preaching. I love teaching. But I feel like preaching right now because I just want to tell you is that when you live by God's word, you haven't limited yourself. You have attached yourself to the most unlimited thing that is on planet earth. Come on, somebody. All right. And that's God's word. Now, this is important because it'll happen to you. It happened to me. And, you know, I'll never forget when I was uh, coming out, out of, out of uh, when I made the decision to go to Bible college. And, um, you know, I played uh, football. I was, I was one fast Latino. Come on, somebody. I ran a 4-4-5-40. Just boom. Come on, somebody. And uh, I was a running back and just ran the football. They said, run that direction. I said, I didn't want to get tackled. So I dodged people and scored touchdowns. And then they actually wanted to give me an education for that. I'm like, sweet. I'll do that, you know. So I was out on my way. Had gotten letters from different colleges. And I remember God spoke to me. And, and, and God spoke to me and I made the decision, I'm going to go to Bible college. And I'll never forget, I went into my head coach's office. I said, coach, um, 
um, I don't know how to put this. Um, um, I'm not going to play football. I'm going to um, uh, go to Bible college. He said, what'd you say? I said, um, uh, mm, mm, ah, I'm going to go to Bible college. And, he, and, and I'll never forget that moment. Because this particular coach is not going to say his name. He said, what a waste. That's what he told me. He looked at me and said, what a waste. All this talent you have. Do you know how many people would love to be in your position and you're going to throw that all away for Bible college? Yeah. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I guess, you know. I don't know if you look for something spiritual. I was like, yeah. I was like, you know. And he says, get out of my office. You're a waste. And I remember I walked out of the office and I was crying. I'm not going to lie, I was crying. And I thought, did I just throw my life away? Did I just ruin my future? And I was crying. And I'm a, just real talk. I didn't feel like angels dust come from heaven. I was waiting. I'm like, where's the angel dust? Lord, you know? I was waiting for like a trumpet. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have made the right decision, son. Welcome to the glory. I didn't see it. Come on, is this real? Talk to me, somebody. I didn't see it. In fact, all I saw was a messed up field. That was, you know, I was like, but can I tell you something? It was the best decision of my life. <laughs> Let me tell you. Because that decision to begin to build my life on God's word and I'm not talking about the things that I do. I'm talking about the person that God made me to become. Because of that, for me, and I know it looks different. I'm not saying everybody has to go to Bible college and, and don't misinterpret what I'm saying right now because if there's a, a call on your life, we need more people. That You need to be a, a Tim Tebow. You need to go and do sports and do all that. I'm just telling you what God was calling me to do. And God called me to prepare myself in a very, in a very extensive way through Bible college because it was a call on my life to do what I'm doing right now to help uh, build people, to help minister, to help do things for the glory of God, to help be obedient. In other words, God, I want my life to be built by you. Can I get an amen? And so your decision today, coming to church, and I want to applaud you. You guys know how we do, do church. We're not here to beat you up. We're here to build you up. I'm telling you, the greatest decision you can make on a weekly basis is to say, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to make room in my schedule, to make room in my life, to make room in, in, in my year, is to get God's word into my spirit because I'm going to be built by God's word. And that's why you're in church. And that's why you're reading your word. Come on, somebody. Say amen. So if you got the stank eye on the way to church, where you going? <laughs> going to church. Whatever. I'm going to go to the beach. Woo! That's cold. But you know what I'm saying? You got to understand that it is, it is an investment into who you are. And so don't look for the applaud of man. Look to please God. Look to please God. Because God has a plan. So you say, God has a plan. It's my opening thoughts. I'm going somewhere. Where are you talking? Where are you going, Pastor? I'm going somewhere. Just stay with me. God has a plan. And God's plan, you guys know Jeremiah 20 and 11. Y'all have t-shirts. You, you, you know the great verse. I'm saying uh, Jeremiah 20 and 11. But Jeremiah 20 11 says that God has a plan, right? To prosper you, not to harm you, to do good, to give you a hope and a future. Say God has a plan. That's Jeremiah 20 and 11. God has a plan. But here's what God never tells you. He tells you what the plan is going to do, but he doesn't tell you what the plan is. 
So when we decide to live by God's word, he says, listen, when you live by my word, I'm not gonna give you the details, but I will tell you the outcome. And the outcome is this, you will have hope, you will have a future, it's not gonna harm you, and it's gonna prosper you. Come on, somebody, in all that we do. That's Jeremiah 29, 11, amen? So when we're walking through things we don't know, we need to say, God, I am gonna follow your word because I know that it has an outcome that is gonna build my life into what I'm called to be. And I'm just gonna tell you up front, this message right now, my aim, I was in prayer, and my aim today is to get you to fall in love with God's word, that you're going to walk out of here going, I love my Bible, I love your word, I can't wait to get into my word, I can't wait to memorize the word, I can't wait to have the word. I want you to get so in love with God's word. Why? Because when you got God's word, you got God's thoughts, you got God's power, you got God's anointing, and you got God's wisdom and guidance. Amen. Say, I'm going to build my life on God's word. I want to read you this first, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. Then we're going to get to the context of, what, of Ezekiel. But let me give you some foundational thoughts and then I'll minister and exegete Ezekiel 37. But 2 Timothy 3.16, Paul says this to Timothy in his letter inspired by the Holy Spirit. This is what he says in verse 16. 16. He says, all scripture is what? God breathed. Say what we say. All scripture is God breathed. And he says, and it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So God's word teaches us. God's word checks us, rebukes us, corrects us. You ever have God's word? Just come on, somebody, right? So God's word, and it also trains us in righteousness so that we can live rightly before God. Now, the Bible says that God's word is God-breathed. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, okay, because later on, we're going to talk about why God told Ezekiel to prophesy the word of the Lord. And here's why. Because he says that his scripture is God-breathed. That, the Greek word for God-breathed is theopisnuestos. It literally means this. It is the breath. Like this. That the scriptures is the breath of God. It is not the inhale, it is the exhale of God. That when I put my face, not on Facebook, but his book. Come on, somebody. Y'all be on Facebook too much. That's why, you got, that's why you're like, I'm tired. Because you go on Facebook. But when I put my face in his book, it is, I get an exhale from heaven and it gives me breath. This is why when you... I believe that a lot of reasons we have spiritual panic attacks, you're short of breath, is because you haven't got the breath of God in you. This is the breath. It is the theopus nuestos. All scripture is the breath of God. Look, look, God is breathing on you. See? So when I keep this closed, I shut God's mouth. But when I open it, it breathes. Now, of course, you can't just go like this. Take that. Okay, awesome. All right. Okay, so stay with me, all right? Okay, you can't be like, what? Take that. Wife, and I'm joking. Take that, kids, all right? So I would be cool if that's how it worked, you know? <laughs> but that's not how it works. Because God's breath is on these words. Here we go. But it comes to life when it gets through my breath. You see, when Jesus fought Satan, stay with me here, in Matthew chapter four, and Satan began to tempt Jesus, three temptations, Jesus didn't say, take this. 
Satan said, it is, Satan said, didn't the Bible say? And Jesus says, it is written. And Jesus began to you know, go have uh, you know, a, a verbal uh, a combat through the scripture. He fought the devil with the word that was in his mouth. What I'm trying to tell you this morning is that God wants to put his word not just on an app in your phone. God doesn't want to put his word just on our bookshelf. God wants to put his word in our mouth because the God-breathed Bible becomes powerful when we begin to speak it, we begin to communicate it, we begin to get it in our hearts. That's why you came to church. Say amen. Someone say God's word is God-breathed. And God breathes on us. Let me read you this verse just to, uh, to, to substantiate the, the, the depth of the scripture. Second Peter chapter one and verse 20, and verse 21. Because there are some people who say, well, wasn't the Bible written by man? I mean, those are man's words. That's what people tell you. That, 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 that's written by men. Some guy wrote it and all this stuff. And I'm gonna tell you, well, well let me just read you what the verse says. Second Timothy chapter one and verse 20, 21 says, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human human will, but prophets through human, though human, I apologize, though human spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. In other words, they wrote this as they were carried by the Holy Spirit. And let me just give you one quick, you know, we have a Bible college here at, at Freedom House and Shameless Plug, but we got close over hundred students that we train semesters and we teach them the word of God. And let me just give you one nugget on how you know the Bible is real. You know the Bible is real because there are 66 books in the Bible, 27 in the New Testament, 39 in the Old Testament. Stay. I got to talk quick because I got 30 pages of notes and I got 18 minutes to preach it. So I got to go 30, 30 minutes, okay? So just stay with me. There are 27 in the New Testament, 39 in the Old Testament. There are 66 books in the Bible. The word Bible is Biblios. The word scripture is sacred writing. There are 40 different authors that put the Bible together. Now you might think, well, that makes it confusing. No, that makes it truth. Because if I were to grab 40 men of this room and put you in 40 different rooms, y'all would come up with all kinds of crazy stuff on your own. But what makes the Bible so true is these 40 different men spanned over 40 different time periods all wrote about the same hero called Jesus Christ all prophesied no 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 come on they all prophesied the same thing and it has not been disproven there have been revisions to your science book but it's the same bible for thousands of years what I'm trying to tell you is you don't got a man book you got a God book that was breathed upon your life and I need God's word in my spirit anybody need God's word in your spirit shout Amen. And I'll tell you why you know the Bible's true too. You want to know why the Bible's true? Because these men wrote their failures. Come on, somebody. You know, if you wrote yourself forever and eternity, you're going to put all your successes. <laughs> let's not talk about that one. Okay. Let's leave that one out. You know what I mean? I mean, let's not do 10%. 1% is better. Praise God. You know, amen. You know? That's how you know it won't written by man. Because God says, no, put the whole truth in there. Put in there. Put in there that there was murderers. Put in there that they were, that they were, that they were hypocrites. Put in there that they fell. Put in there that David slipped up. Put in there and tell them the truth so that they can know that I'm the God of grace, the God of power, and the God who breathed. Come on, how many love your word right now? Come on, say, I'm going to build my life on God's word. There are so many other witnesses that, that I could tell you, um, and, and, and uh, you know, you can begin to study the word of God to know that it is the truth, that we believe in the verbal plenary authoritative word of God. Each and every word in the Bible is God breathed and it is applicable to the today. Now, why did I take that whole route to get to this point? Because God told Ezekiel, 
if the dead thing's gonna come to life, you're gonna have to speak the word. There's no other way. And if we're all honest, there comes times in our lives that we wanna see things come back to life. You know, right now, the, the world is upside down. Right? We, we, the world has gone through a, a collectively this thing called the pandemic, this thing called COVID. And regardless of what your opinion is, it's turned the world upside down. And a lot seems fragmented right now. So much divisiveness, so much you know, uh, a polarization of what's happening. And if there was ever a time in history that needs to be brought back together, it is now. And what's going to bring your life together, this world together? What's going to put our mind back together? What's going to put our spirit back together? What's going to put uh, God's plan back together? It's not going to be some fortune cookie saying that you got off of some repost or reshared email. It's not going to happen because of horrible scope. I mean, it's not going to happen because you call Miss Chloe. I don't know Miss Chloe. It's not going to happen. Some of y'all know. You know, it's not going to happen because you went to the Quran. It's going to happen because you said, I'm going to get the word of God in my life. So God tells Ezekiel, tell these dry bones to hear the word of the Lord. So here's your first point. Write this down. It took me 15 minutes to get the first point. I know. Okay. Write this down. <laughs> okay. Come on. I may not finish this. I might do part two next time. We'll see where it goes. Okay. But write this down. First point. They were rebuilt, the bones, they were rebuilt by the word of God. So when we're looking at this story, we're exegeting Ezekiel 37. Remember, God told them this in verse four. Put that up there if you can for me. You're watching online, write this. If you're watching online, type it in. I'm gonna be built by God's word. He then said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear my opinion. <laughs> dry bones, change your stinking thinking. <laughs> dry bones what is your political affiliation dry bones what do you think about the pandemic dry bones what happened what happened dry bones what's your problem dry bones let's argue he said dry bones I don't even want you to talk I just want you to listen I want you to receive and hear. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. He says, I want you to consume. I want you to begin to intake, to inhale God's exhale, his word. He says, I want you to receive it. Hear the word of the Lord. Now let's break this down, okay? In order for level one, in order for the bones to hear the word, that means Ezekiel had to speak the word. Meaning, nothing would change unless he spoke the word. So in order for them to hear it, he had to speak it. In order for Ezekiel to speak it, he had to have it in his mouth. In order for Ezekiel to have it in his mouth, that means he had to have it in his mind. In order for Ezekiel to have it in his mind, that means he had to be built by God's word. If Ezekiel didn't speak God's word, then the bones will not be put together. What I avoid will never be put together. What I don't speak to will never come back to life. Maybe certain things are not coming to life because we haven't spoken to it. God's word. God's word. Someone say God's word. 
Now, here's what the Bible says about the power of God's word. Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates dia y noche, day and night. Verse 3, he shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. They shall bring forth its fruit in season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. God's word brings things to life. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 and 25. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus says, therefore, whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And when the rain came down and when the pandemic hit and when COVID broke out and when they shut down the business and when they furloughed the job and when things began to be closed down and when the church couldn't meet and they had to log in online and they had to worship in their living rooms and they had to open up their Bibles for themselves, when they had to pray for their own family. Oh, come on somebody. When the rain came down and the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the Silva house and beat against Freedom House, yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. And we need more people to be founded not on opinion, but be founded on the obedience of God's word. Say it again, I'm gonna build my life on God's word. You see, here the scriptures are telling us very clear, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. That God, I need this refreshment, your word into my life. I'm so happy that we're back in, you know, in church and, and we're able to meet in person and, and you're watching online and Costa Mesa campus you know, is going to be reopened. We had a little thing that uh, Vanguard had some, some COVID protocol there, but we're going to reopen that campus soon. But, but, but you're in church and, and you're in, but I'm, I'm so happy. But I'm telling you, now more than ever, things come together by the word of God in our lives, by saying, God, breathe on me who you are so that I can receive it. Now, okay, let's go here. All right, I got time, I got time. When we talk about the word of God, listen to me, it is twofold. Say the word of God is two parts. Let's read John 1, 1 through 4. It says, in the beginning, watch this now, was the word and the word was with God, and the word was God. It says, he was in the beginning with God, all things that were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 14, jump down, it says, and the word became flesh. Say this way, say the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and the glory as the one and only begotten of the Father, who was full of grace and truth. Stay with me here for my note takers. You're going, this, this is really going really to get you, get you focused here, really going to get you going. Because the Bible tells us that the word became flesh. What's his name? Jesus. Okay, this is the Christology doctrine, is that Jesus became flesh, but Jesus was the word wrapped in flesh. Okay? So in heaven, right, Jesus was the name they gave him when he was born of the Virgin Mary. Jesus, meaning salvation, what they named him. But in heaven, prior to him being born, they did not call Jesus Jesus. They called him the Word. <laughs> in heaven, he's the Word. The Word became flesh. In other words, he is the word. And when Jesus walked here on earth, you saw Jesus. And I know all y'all have a different picture of the wavy hair and the glow. Come, you know what I mean? <laughs> Whatever you think he looked like, all right? But, but here's the point. He looked like earth, but he sounded like heaven. <laughs> okay, come on. So if you saw Jesus, 
The Bible actually says in Isaiah that there was nothing beautiful about him, that you would have thought he was a normal dude. He looked Jewish. He looked like the culture. He wore the fly sandals or whatever sandals he wore. He wore the tunic. He looked like Israel. So if you saw Jesus, the Bible actually says that he had nothing but to behold. He looked like an ordinary. That's why people said, isn't that Joseph's son, the carpenter's son? I saw him making my chair. It's never broken in a hundred years. He goes, it's Jesus, right? He's like, <laughs> Somebody get it. Right? He's like, isn't that the carpenter's son? Isn't like, you know, Jesus and Joseph uh, carpentry? You'll get that on the way home, all right? You know? But, oh, Lord help me. But what made Jesus unique wasn't what he looked like on the outside. It was what he sounded like on the inside. Oh God, here it comes. Jesus, the person, made a way for us to get to heaven. But Jesus, his teachings, prepares me for earth. Jesus did not give us his teachings to get us ready how to live in heaven. When you and I get to heaven, you ain't gonna need this. Okay? Now his word never, it never fades, but when you and I get to heaven, it's gonna be like, hey, hey, watch the way you talk in heaven, okay? That's not how we talk here. <laughs> All right? You're not gonna be like, hey, watch temptation, okay? No. Oh God, help me, help me, help me, help me. How much time I got? Okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Because we tend to think that this book is preparing me for heaven. That somehow I'm going, okay, I got to learn how to live in heaven. Okay, all right, okay, got, got that one. Okay, when I get to heaven, forgive, okay. When I get to heaven, love, okay. Get to heaven, worship, okay. No, you're missing the whole point. This Bible is not how you should live in heaven. Jesus died on a cross. Let me give you theology. He died on a cross, shed his blood, was, was born of a virgin, lived a purified life. He rose again, conquered sin and death, lived forevermore. If you are saved, you receive Jesus, you are on your way to heaven. But you did not come to church. You do not read your Bible, how to live in heaven. I need the word so I know how to make it on earth. Oh God. Why do I come to church? So I know how to make it on earth, how to conquer on earth, how to establish his kingdom on earth, how to bring more of heaven in my home, heaven in my mind, heaven in, my, in America, heaven in my children. I need to study the word because I need more heaven now. Anybody need more heaven now? Say amen. So that's why we're here. See, this, I told you, I want you to fall in love with this. My Bible. Because you're going to go, God, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. This teaches me how to, how to come to life on earth. His teeth, his word. And I, I always say this, we're going to get to heaven when we get to heaven. And you have an opportunity. If you're not sure, you're going to get saved. After you, you're sure. We're going to lead you to Jesus. You know? But when you get to heaven, I promise you, I said this before, but it bears being. You know that emoji that looks like this? Get a picture. I promise you, some of y'all are going to get to heaven, and the Bible actually says that some are going to make it to heaven with smoke on their back. That's how close you were to hell. That's what the Bible says. We're going to call you Smokey. What up, Smokey? Come on. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. What up, Smokey? You made it. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm just happy to be in, and I'm happy you're in too. That's what the Bible says. You're going to make it with smoke on your back. But I'm telling you, we're going to get to heaven, you're going to be like, you're going to be like, What? You mean to tell me, when I was on earth, 
And I was all stressed out. And I was all freaking out. And I was all like, what's gonna happen? And I was all, oh my goodness. You mean to tell me all of this? I didn't have to wait to get to heaven to experience it? You could tell me that the word became flesh and dwelt among us to teach us not how to live in heaven, but the word taught us how to live on earth and how to establish thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Come on, y'all went to catechism. On as it is. Give us this. Come on. All right. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So, so that Lord's prayer isn't me going, when I get to heaven, I'm going to walk all around. No, it's God. Teach me how to live out your principles while I'm walking through the hell that I'm going through. While things are fragmented. While things seem broken. While the, while, while the devil is trying to mess me. While demons are trying to harass me. I, God, teach me how to bring more of heaven on earth. Say, I'm going to live my life built by God's word. Oh, man. Okay, I'm, I'm going to have to go next week on this one. Okay, point two. Because, you know what I mean? I don't want to leave a half a haircut if I start point two. You know. Say, I need the word. So, let me close here. I'm going to give it to you like they gave it to me when I was in Bible college. How many believe? You can answer yes, okay? How many believe? Or no, if you want to know. That the Bible has the answer to every area of your life. Yes, okay, yeah, okay. How many believe that the Bible has the inspired, God-breathed word of, of God? Okay. How many believe that the Bible has the ability to heal you of every hurt? How many believe that the Bible will guide you through the most difficult time? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How many believe the Bible can teach you how to raise a godly family in an ungodly world? How many believe that the Bible can teach you how not just to leave a legacy, but to live for destiny and establish his kingdom. Okay, now this last one, don't answer yes or no. Just think. How many have read the Bible front to back? But you just told me has the answer to everything in life. You just told me this has the ability to heal you in every area. You just told me that this would change you. When they did to me in Bible college, I was crying. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a terrible Christian. You know, that's how I felt. So if you feel that way, I, I felt it. But it changed my perspective. I said, maybe I just haven't been feeding myself the right stuff. See, I believe we're going to get to heaven. 
And here's the excuse none of us would be able to say I didn't have the time. Because this is, this is the feed. You know, your, your Instagram feed, your Facebook feed. You're going to say, you can't say that. I love the Word of God. My, my kids always say, Dad, you need a new Bible. I said, no, I like this Bible. Speed up. It's been through stuff like, it's been through stuff with me. But, but I think I need a bigger Bible because I'm having trouble. My, the words are getting smaller. I don't know why. It's, this Bible's broken. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm like, what's in those words? They're getting smaller. Weird. Anyway. <laughs> but this is, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word proceeds out of it. Ezekiel, prophesy the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. This, this here. You never graduate, by the way, from God's word. So it's like, you know how you never graduate from eating? Okay. You're know, like, you know what? Yeah, I used to eat like three times a week, a day. I, you know, I, don't, I don't do that anymore. I, that's, that was me when I was younger. Now I just kind of, you don't graduate from eating. Some of y'all can't wait. You're like, get done so I go eat. Come on, somebody. Right? You don't graduate from consuming the word of God. You don't, you don't ever go to a level where I don't need to eat anymore. If you ever get to that place, you're going to die. You get to that place in your spiritual walk, you're going to die. Okay. This, this is how necessary dry bones hear the word of the Lord. I want to pray for you. Would you bow your head? Father, thank you right now. Yeah, that, yeah. I'm going to continue. I'll pick it up next week. So much I want to say, but if you're new to Freedom House, we're not a fast food restaurant church. We, we let, it, we let the, the pot roast slow cook the meat of the word. So Father, thank you right now. The Word of God, the Bible says, is living and active. Living and active. Living and active. And I just want to say, as your head is bowed, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, so please don't understand. Don't misinterpret. Don't go there with me. I love you. And I want to give you the grace, but also the truth that this world is filled with words and opinions and criticisms and hate haters and the devil is the accuser. He'll try to shame you and confuse you and and I don't I don't I don't, I don't have you know any type of magic wand but I'll tell you what I do have is the word of God. The word for us to memorize, the word for us to receive, the word for us to be able to, to hunger. And, and I'm gonna call back a hunger for God's word to our church right now. A hunger. I pray right now, my prayer, I've been praying since I, God told me to minister this Sunday, this message is that God would give you a renewed hunger for his word. A renewed, I need your word more than breath itself. That you have such an anticipation not for Sunday, but for the word that you have a, such an anticipation to, to, to read the chapters and to, and to follow what Jesus said and to memorize it and not just to read it, but to feed on it. 
to begin to say, God, teach me how to be that husband. God, teach me how to be that man. Teach me, you know, ladies, how to Lord, teach you how to be that woman of God, that wife, that mother, young person. I'm telling you, you want God to do something. I know young people, you got big dreams, but I'm going to tell you, you ain't never going to see them realize with God's power till you get God's word in your life. You got to get it deep inside of you. A life that is built by the word of God. The word of God has the authority. It is the final authority on all issues and it could bring it to life. Just one word, that's the power, has the authority to take where we need to go. So Father, thank you. Would you put your hands out just right now and say this, say, Lord, give me a new hunger for your word. Say it again, say, Lord, give me a new hunger for your word to memorize it, to, to receive it, to breathe on me so that I can walk with you where you're calling me to be. Thank you, God. I receive it now. In Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, God. Say amen. Come on, give God a hand clap. I want you to stand to your feet. And let me read you this last verse. I want to read you this last verse. I, I, feel, I, I got to give this to you. I'm going to go deeper next week, but I got to give it to you. Can you go to Matthew chapter 8 for me, team? They took my notes, so I'll just go from the screens. Go to Matthew chapter 8 and go with me to verse 5 real quick. And here's what happens. When Jesus entered Capernaum, God, I just feel I got to give you this, and I'm going to pray. I'm going to send you out your way. But a centurion came to him asking for help. Go quickly to the next verse. It says, Lord, my servant lies at home, paralyzed and suffering terribly. Go to the next verse. Jesus said to him, shall I come heal him? Next verse. And he says, the centurion like, Lord, Lord, watch this here, very carefully. Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Watch this, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. He says, God, I know how much power is in your word that if you just say the word, healing will come. Go to the next verse. He then says this, I'm gonna break this down next week. He says, for I myself, look at the reasoning. I myself am a man under authority and have soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes. I tell that one come and he comes. I tell this servant do this and he does it. In other words, he goes, I know what authority looks like. When Jesus saw and heard this, he was so amazed that he said to those following, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. How many know if you're gonna amaze Jesus, you better have done something that heaven goes, what? Why? Because he says, this man understands the authority of God's word. And what I want to give you this week is why you want to read God's word and why you want to speak it. Because there is an authority that comes from God's word that demons have to bow, devils have to go, sickness has to leave. Not because it's my word. Don't get it twisted. It's God's word. And I'm going to declare his word in this season. So right now, just put your hands out. Father, I pray for all those. Give us a fresh revelation, a fresh illumination, a fresh understanding, God, of the authority of God's word. That, Lord, it is the final authority that has the ability to bring change. Jesus, we thank you because you are the word wrapped in flesh. But, God, you also gave us your word, your principles, not how to, how to, how to act in heaven, but how to bring more of heaven on earth, Lord. To bring salvation, to bring the gospel, to bring restoration, and to see your hand move upon my life. So renew in us a hunger and a passion. We declare it in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody say amen. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel 
at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.